So how do you achieve financial freedom, gain wealth, and live life on your terms? That is the question, and here's the answer. I'm A.J. Osborne. Welcome to Cash Flow to Freedom. Welcome, everybody, to Cash Flow to Freedom. We are very excited about the podcast today because we have our trusted co-host here, Rock, as always. How you doing, man? Doing good. How are you doing? Doing good. It's uh, the end of summer and uh, 2020, and uh world's gone crazy, but my year's going good, so I'm, you know, I'm happy. No complaints. It. No complaints. Got lots going on. Um, Keeping working. We got, you know, we've been... We, we've had a few different topics we want to talk about, and we haven't talked a, a tremendous amount lately about personal finance. And so today, I want to hit on some issues because I think there's a lot of misconceptions on this uh, when you're dealing with your personal finance. And uh, the one of the one of the things we wanted to talk about is very specific, and I want to talk about it because I think there is confusion. Um, and there's a lot of opinions which around it, which is just interesting to me. So we wanted to have a conversation about it. And this principally involves uh, the Americans' second largest expenditure, um, and that is their car. So yep. you have your home and then your cars. And there's right ways, wrong ways to go about it. Um, but it's not as simple as it would be. I wish we could just get on and say, oh, it's this way. Um, this is how you should buy this, is how you should pay for it on and on and on. It's not, but I think there's a few fundamental principles before we get into the discuss discussion. So we can talk about what might be best for you and your situation as you're listening to this. So you understand the ramifications of choosing to finance, choosing to buy new, choosing to lease, choosing to buy old and used. However you look at that, there's pros and cons to all of them. Um, but no matter what you look at, you always have to realize that cars are liabilities. They simply depreciate. Um, they are uh, the financing for them is and the cost associated with them are extremely high. Um, they serve a purpose and obviously we need them. Um, I'm not saying anything like that. It's just that financially speaking, it, it starting out, I know a lot of people that it's, it's a, it's a death knell. It can really drain people. I've seen it a lot and they get into bad situations and, uh, um, it's, yeah, I'm not, I'm starting out generally speaking. I'm not a huge fan of cars. I don't like them because of the nature of them. They're depreciating assets. And I just, I don't know how many people here like going to the mechanics, but I got to tell you, there's nothing more frustrating to me than when I have to go in to fix a, you know, our air conditioning in my wife's car. And they're like, oh yeah, that's five grand. And I'm like, it's five grand to do what it's supposed to do. I just like, I already spent how much money it's, that, you know, that stuff frustrates me, which um, I think a lot of people, wonder about and especially young people like how should i go about this i need to buy a car you got to have one so the important thing is is you need to know that you need to go buy a lamborghini the or second a red one the second you start making some money that's right and you need to finance it at uh they have don't even look deals. at the interest rate don't even worry about the interest rate <laughs> you just need to get the keys and make sure it starts exactly no yeah i think that Young, I mean, this is a classic. Well, I guess everybody makes the mistake, and I don't even think they realize it's a mistake. Um, but when you look at, uh, you know, your your biggest expenses, you got your 
your rent or your mortgage and then you got your car or I guess student loans are coming up now. Yeah. But but your car can be can well I guess everything can be managed, but your car is a pretty quick fix if it's a bad deal. Um one, don't buy a car that's worth more than what your salary is. There's a good one for you. Yeah. I um, do like that one. Well I think people just like you know, you think in the moment, oh I can afford this payment. Well, and not only payment, but car you ask them, Well, what can I buy? Yeah. If you walk in onto a car lot and ask what can I buy? And you buy what they tell you you can afford. Oh, you're a fool. You're already. That's that. You've already felt. Yeah. <laughs> so, so start over. Yeah. The whole, <laughs> the whole life. Just yeah, walk it back. You need, yeah. I, I think that one, you, if you're going to go buy a car, you need to know which one you're going to go buy and you need to do the research beforehand. You have the internet at your fingertips. You can figure out what the dealers get in the car for. You can figure out what their markup is. Um, don't buy a new car, you know, generally speaking, unless you're, made millions of dollars on an exit of a business and you want to buy that new car because it doesn't make a difference to you. But I think most people generally speaking should buy a car that, well, even like when I, when I started working here, uh, that you guys would make fun of me or or not make fun of me, but everyone would make fun of me because I was driving a beat up old Honda Accord that was worth like a thousand bucks. And you need to do that. I think that people circumvent that and say, Oh, I'll go buy the three series BMW and pay 300 bucks a month. Or six hundred bucks a month, or whatever, and but to to appease, like to look cool, yeah, you know, generally, like, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. And the six hundred is coming out of your twenty four hundred in a paycheck, yeah, or twenty or three thousand in a paycheck after tax. You're maybe getting, you know, twenty five hundred. This is just out of high school if you're if you're living that life, and now you're paying what a, a quarter of your income to a car, yeah, that's depreciating, yeah. And you know, you got to realize that. Cars are assets, just not to you. It's yeah. to the bank and to the dealership and all those payments and everything you have on. They make money off this stuff. It is not – and for you, a car serves only one purpose. It's to get to point A to point B. Yeah. And you need to remember, this is a tool, nothing more. And uh, so when you look at it and you're trying to decide and understand, first of all, um, I you know I always say there's either two ways you get, get, go about it. First of all, if you're buying a car, you either buy it and run it till it's dead and you own it or you lease option it. And if you buy it new, you need to trade it out. You need to get rid of it every few years because you can work that with the dealership. That's the only way I'd buy a new car. Mm -hmm. Other than that, I'd never buy a new car. The moment you drive it off the lot, it depreciates. And so after that contract's run out, it's gone. So, you know, I generally speaking, like you, you, me and my wife, when that started, it was no car payments. We're paying for them in cash. Um, and we had our little pickup and well, we just had one car for a long time. And then we went and spent, I think $6,000 or something on my wife's Jeep, which we saved up over the, uh, couple of years. And we purchased that and paid for it in cash. And that worked good. We didn't have a plan to resell it. It was one of those things where we're like, we're going to run this thing dead. Um, and, uh, the next option too, which I do and I like, and mainly because I use it for my business, is lease. And people are like, you know, like I think it's funny because people are like, oh, but you're not getting anything out of it. You're not, you're not building equity in your car. And I'm like, I'm not building equity in my car anyways. My yeah. car's depreciating. It's not. And so when I buy new, I lease it because what happens for me when I lease them is I have an option to buy them after the three years is up. So when I uh, at least my first truck, I was using business income to pay for it. So I got to depreciate it off. And then after three years, it was worth far less 
Then my contract, my option to purchase it, which those payments went to pay down the payment of the car anyways. And so I just said, nope, take it back dealership. And then I released a truck again and, you know, just a truck. We're out here in Idaho. Because you're running it through your business. Because I'm running through my business. And then at the end of that lease option, it was worth way more than what my option was to buy it. They wanted it back. And I'm like, nope, I'll take it. And I... Uh, and then I got it at a massive discount, like 15,000. And then I ran that one until it was done. So it's, you, you know, when I look at this, first of all, you got to understand if you're buying a new car, the moment it, it, it just, it's, it's automatically depreciated and uh, you're just losing money the moment you buy it. Yeah. Um, there's, there's certain, like for my car, um, what I ended it there's there's tax benefits. So if your car's over six thousand pounds, you can and you use it for business, you can write that off. So you actually, so I bought this the, the range and um, it's, it's there's characteristics about it. One, it was super low mileage because it was confiscated by U.S. Marshals. I yep. should tell that story. Yeah, yeah. It was a drug dealer's car. <laughs> yes, and um, it's a matte black Range Rover Sport V8. And I looked at the mileage and then I looked at how many miles I could put on it and not lose my value. And with the amenities, so I could put 20,000 miles on the car and sell it for what I bought it for. So I've been driving it for a couple or a year. And now I'm looking at starting to sell it. I'm kind of thinking that through, but I'll be able to sell it. One, I got the tax benefits and the depreciation, which I need to figure out how to maneuver that if I'm going to sell it. But you can sell that car, get out of that. And this is, I don't recommend like doing this without researching it Yeah. Um, because it's easy to get caught under yes. and yeah, you, you lose your money. But um, you sell it before that mileage starts to affect your car's value, and then you just go into something else. And you know, there's there's certain companies that are, are people that will talk about hacking your car, um, and it's that can only happen with certain brands of cars, and probably only when you really have a business that can pay for the car. Yeah. Um, there's no point in you doing that with your W two earned income because no. you've already been taxed. You've on You've already it. been taxed on it exactly, yeah. and, that, and that's one of the biggest thing when you're running it through your business. You have other options. Um, there's other ways you can structure it. There's other ways you can yeah. do it because you get to write it off on your business. Yeah, and so exactly. you have the taxable amount to get rid of. So then you're saying, okay, well, it's good. And that's why, but still, that doesn't mean you go out and buy something crazy, crazy. And yeah. that you got yours in an auction, a police yeah. auction thing. It was, yeah. Uh, it was like uh, some third party seller and I, I, the, the price, like a normal, that, that, that car would cost normally like 80 grand total value of what I paid is like 30 or 25. Yeah, exactly. So it makes sense. It makes sense. And then I put the mileage on it. And as long as I can sell it before I start to really, and even if I do realize a little bit of a, a lower rate, it doesn't affect my financial yeah. position. So you need to also be in a yeah. good financial well, position. And that's another thing too. If I like to be, I love your thing is don't buy a car that's over your wage at all. Yeah. I, my general rule is if I can't pay for it in cash, I don't buy it. Right. And, um, that if you're in that position and you can pay for it in cash, and once again, I'm, I'm not when I say cash, I don't mean your investment money. I'm not right. talking about you save up in your bank account. I I mean disposable, disposable cash flow, like that you could literally just Forget oh about. here pay it, and it doesn't stop anything you're doing. It's not like you're like, well, it's this or me house hacking. It's this or me buying a duplex. It's this or me starting a business, right? There's certain times and phases, obviously, where you look at things and you need things. So that's why when we get when I got started and everything, just like you, it was nope. I need no payment because cash flow is very, very important to me. 
Um, and two, though, you need a reliable car. Car. This is another mistake that I see people make. They buy junkers, and it's always in the shop. And I'm sitting here going, you spend $10,000 a year trying to get that thing to run. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's why I'm selling ex- the range. That's a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I forget suspension always goes out. I'm like, I'm selling this thing. <laughs> like, it's cool. It's fun. Yeah. You know, and every, I think I'll say this. When you're young and you see a cool car, you want that car. Oh, yeah. Because you think that it's going to make you successful and that you look the part. Yeah. And, you know, everybody does it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm lucky I didn't do it on a Lamborghini or some other stupid expensive car because I got it out of my system. I realize that that doesn't, it doesn't nothing. It nothing. Li- it's, I'm not going to lie. They're awesome. Range Rovers yeah. are awesome, but it does nothing, right? You yeah. don't, it doesn't progress you forward. People don't really care. No. And um, unless you really care, then, then that's fine. But, you know, get that out of your system before you buy the car. Don't yeah. make the financial mistake and then have to backtrack yourself, lose 30 grand because you, you're trying to make up for something, you know? Yeah. Be content. Well, and two, it's an opportunity cost and not just on the cash flow when you go to the bank. And all your time. Because that's a liability, all your time. And that will lower because when you need to leverage yourself and banks look at leverage and how they can use it, the moment you have that liability on, that's leveraged in the opposite way against you. The bank's like, okay, now you're whatever, however many times less likely because if things go south, you have to do this. So it, it's, it, it has inverse effects that you don't think of it's magnitude and, and you're right when like what you said at the first people are like oh i think i can make this payment that's right not what you should be thinking. that is not at all how you should think about it yeah um that's what the dealership will tell you well yeah and i also think that you like like we both said but we haven't ma- mentioned it we don't our time is not paying for the car no these are at, like i have real estate that could yep. pay for that car if i didn't have the business yep. but i have the business because i can write it all off yeah and I'm going to pay the money to the government anyway, so I may as well write exactly. it off. Exactly. Um, it's the same for you. Yep. So don't spend. Think about it. Like if you're making, let's just say you're making twenty bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, and you have a two hundred dollar car payment. I think two hundred's low. Two hundred's a deal for yeah. most people. Five hundred. Let's say car <laughs> yeah, four hundred bucks. Yeah, right? four hundred. Like you're that. you're at five, ten, fifteen, twenty hours, right? Twenty yeah. hours. So a month. That's that's gross. Right? Yeah, yeah, you got to pay not, taxes. Or yeah, you you're not actually that, getting so. that, right? Yeah. So let's just say you're spending 25 to 30 hours paying for your car. Yeah. That's th- what? F- that's five days of work, a week of work. Yeah. You're not thinking about that. Yeah. So if you're making 20 bucks an hour and you're paying a $400 car payment, you don't realize that you're lo- y- your time in the office that's your car's parked in your parking lot. Yeah. You're working for it to sit there. To sit there. And, and I think it's, it's easy to, cause our society has been told finance, finance, everything, yes. finance here, here's the next greatest deal. Yeah. If you can, I have a, my Ford Ranger too. I drive that all the time. It's a, yeah. I bought it for five grand. It's paid off and I beat the crap out of it. Yeah. And, that was and my I first car too, Ford Ranger. They're awesome. Yeah. And, and you know, I put my dog in it. I, I do, yep. I work, it's my work truck. I work with it, uh, quotations. Yeah. Um, and you know, do that before, like run the numbers, figure out like, do I want to spend all my time paying for this car? Um, and then when you have assets, then you can have the assets pay for the cars. Yes. I have a buddy who bought a McLaren and he built a business or he was going to buy a business, but then he figured he could build it. He built a business that makes, I think it was like 30 grand a year net after everything. And he runs the numbers and this is just like year one. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. way bigger now, but he built it solely to pay for his McLaren. 
because he didn't, he ran the numbers and he was like, well, I could go put a hundred. That's what he did. He bought the business. I could go put 150 grand down and buy this McLaren. Yeah. But he went and bought a $150,000 business, got the cash flow from the business to pay for the McLaren. So if he wants to get rid of the McLaren, he still has the business. Yeah. And that's the way you should start to think about it. Um, Long term, you know, yeah. you have to get a car to start, you know, you have to drive yeah. whatever you can. But then as you start to want to more and do those things, then build the business or do the do the real estate. And you got to understand too, the nicer the car, your insurance is going to be so high. And maintenance. And maintenance and everything. So it's not just a $500 payment. People pay astronomical amounts for these cars that while your payments are higher and as it, the more it depreciates, the more your, ag- your the yeah. more your overall payments are because you got to replace tires. You got to do, you know, if I wanted to go replace my tires, I got, you know, I got a truck and do something. I'm going to spend $5,000. Yeah. And lots of people spend a lot more than that. And all of a sudden you average this out and you're paying 1200 bucks a month or more because cars are expensive and that's how banks look at it too. And so, you know, it's, you know, you, you're losing your time and your opportunity. You're losing your buying power. So you need to be really careful about how you buy these things. And then two, once again, you need to make sure you have really good insurance. You got to make sure that you cover the stuff because they're liabilities. Yeah. And um, that would be a silly thing to tank your future. Right. Because you got in a wreck or you're something you have to pay for this car now that's gone under, which this happened the last recession. Cars just devalued like crazy. And people were just giving them back like their houses and everything like that. And I'm like, you gave up, you you gave up your life over a $60,000 car. Like, was that worth it? Short term thinking. Yeah. it, It just, that just doesn't make sense. So there's options for you to go about it. But I think really a reliable, good car that is not close to your annual salary like that. It's within your budget. It's within your budget. Um, you don't want to be changing transmissions. You don't want to be doing all that kind of stuff. And two, um, if you're looking at moving around, if you're looking at making changes and things, you keep this stuff in mind. It needs to serve your purposes. If you can buy it in cash, that's great. But at the same time, if you're going to go buy a, you know, if you have twenty, thirty thousand dollars, go buy a two thousand dollar car in cash, and then use that twenty, thirty thousand dollars to put a down payment on an asset. Yeah. Um, and think about it. I think once again, in an exchange like Rock said, for time, opportunity, and then think five years in the future with that thing. Yeah. What What are you going to do? What's you know? How's this look? Um, it's you know. I got my Toyota truck, which I just like because it's reliable. It just runs. It does its thing. It's nice. It's, not, it's not sick. Nice. Come on. So, yeah, it's totally sick. <laughs> and, uh, so <laughs> The nicest Tundra you can see. <laughs> so it's it's fun, and uh, my business pays for it. So it you know doesn't affect, uh, affect me at all. But I've had, I don't know, three of those. I've never once had it in the shop, yeah. ever. I got 150,000 miles on it and awesome. never take it to the shop. Um, so that's a big thing. I, I've, you know... As all of us know, I've seen so many people. They're like, my car died, and now I can't pay for it to be fixed, and I can't. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, oh, that is just horrible. Make smart car decisions. Yes, and liabilities in general. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, covered the car topic. Um, it's a good one to cover. I think that 
you know, another thing with personal finance, and when you're looking at all of these liabilities and expenditures, um, I know that there's, it's interesting to me when you go buy apartments and you see cars that are super nice in the apartment buildings yeah. and they say, oh, well, I heard so-and-so say I shouldn't own a home or I heard, so, you know, this kind of stuff and comparing cars to homes, comparing this, where your money's spent, it's, you need to be buying assets. Yeah. And when you look at the wealth gap and everybody's complaining, why do the rich get richer? Like it's some complex thing that politicians can solve and that you can, it's, it's not complicated. It's simple. They my, own assets. My question is why do the politicians get richer? Yeah, exactly. That's, <laughs> that's you the know, real question. They always say that. <laughs> and but, they're the ones always getting richer. And right? Wait a yeah. What's going on here? <laughs> no, but, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Uh, but, but, the wealth gap simple. The wealthy own assets and assets appreciate. And and the people that aren't wealthy generally, um, if if they're digging a hole, it's because of debt. Yes. Consumer grade debt, whether it's a debt car. Debt works all yeah. the time. Yeah, it works while you're asleep. It works 24-7. You need to accumulate debt that other people are paying for because that's how you'll build that wealth. Yes. Yeah. It needs to be – you need it to work in your favor, right. not against you. Yeah, have other people pay it. And – the wealthy stack things that work in their favor while they sleep. And, uh, you know, quick way to not be wealthy is stack things against you that work against you while you sleep. Yeah. Time is like we've talked about before. Finite. Finite. And two, time is leverageable. And the wealthy get this. Mm -hmm. That's what assets do. They leverage time. Liabilities also leverage time just against you. And people talk about this. I'm in a hole and I don't know how to get out. And they feel the effects of it. And that's when you're seeing it. And you're like, yeah, you're stacking interest on interest upon interest. You see people with medical debt and you see people with school debt. And all of a sudden they're going, I am paying my payments now simply to pay the interest off and not have it compound or mm. even part of it. It's still growing. They're just trying to slow the growth of that debt down on something that happened a long, long, long time ago. Um, I you know debt is a, it's like, a, it's like a gun. You can use it to eat, but it can also kill you. And this form of leveraging your life and leveraging your results, um, little things when you're talking about leverage get expanded hugely and people starting out early in life and they're early out of high school and early twenties that do little things to leverage themselves. They're working on investing in just stocks, you know, educations, little duplexes like you started out with mm -hmm. starting online businesses and not stacking up things that will leverage against them. Five, 10 years down the road, you're blown away by what it did. And, but in the moment you're like, Oh, this doesn't matter because I can afford the $500 payment. Right. And so keep a really long-term vision, yeah. right? Don't, don't short-term this. Think about that if you multiply it out over 10 years. So, but yeah, hope that helps guys. Uh, it's a quick podcast and uh, we, you know, we wanted to touch on it because we kind of got a beef on it, but uh, <laughs> so we, we hashed this one out. Um, guys, thanks for uh, all our reviews and everything. Once again, we, we talked about this on the last podcast, um, but it's just been exploding. It's been awesome. We appreciate it. Um, the next podcast we're talking about, um, 
teams and scaling and everything. So check that one out. Um, but with that, guys, have a great, great day. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of Cashflow to Freedom. Be sure to subscribe to us for more and feel free to check us out at Cashflow with the number 2freedom.com or find us on Instagram and Facebook. And also, if you could leave us a good review, that would really help us continue to build out our content and our community. Thank you so much.